0: Welcome to the Ross Republic podcast. My name is Adrian Klee. I'm partner at Ross Republic. And today we're going to talk about a financial compagnon made for digital entrepreneurs. Um, I'm joined by Jonathan Sanders, the co-founder and COO at Juni. Thanks for having joined, Jonathan. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Adrian. I am doing very well. Awesome. So after, um, after Jonathan got his MBA at INSEAD, he worked as a management consultant and he was also head of payments at the well-known fintech company, Playo. Um, there he revamped the core by creating a new card program, moved to a new processor and also created a new cash management setup. He also did a few market launches and a few product launches there. And after Playo, Jonathan then co-founded Juni, a fintech company that develops a banking platform for e-commerce companies and online marketing entrepreneurs so jonathan that sounds like a very unique proposition um a fintech sme you no know, banking proposition for digital companies in germany for example we have one bank that only caters to pharmacists and doctors so a very vertical banking <laughs> approach um so but I've, I've never seen an incumbent launch for example a, a tailored proposition for e-commerce companies so um can you maybe elaborate your proposition in
1: a few words a little bit uh, absolutely uh, adrian um so uh, what you said uh, on my, my uh, background from Playo is that, of course, I saw uh, everything that went on in the SME uh, segment. And we were live in six European markets, so I could see how that played out in Germany, uh, UK, uh, yeah. and so on and so forth. And what we uh, actually saw um, is that you know, there's large swaths of industries in the SME segment that goes underserved. And one of the key um, reasons that we found it Juni was that we saw that there is this basically global first company category being created, uh, the SMEs that are doing e-commerce. And they have a tech stack that scales globally, uh, whether it's doing customer acquisitions with Facebook and Google, whether it's the web fronts that they uh, serve with Shopify, the uh The payment gateways where they use Stripe, PayPal, um, Checkout.com, and so on and so forth. And then when it comes to the core uh, financing provider uh, or the core banking provider, they will typically be stuck with a Barclays or NetWist business account. And they will not get good service uh, on the customer service part. They will not get good products. Uh, they won't get a solution that fits and scales with them globally like the other tools in their tech stack does. Yeah. And so we saw an, an amazing opportunity to basically create uh, a digital first product for a digital first uh, customer group uh, in the B2B space. And so Anders and Samir and I uh, went and created this thing for for e-commerce. I come from the payments background, uh, Samir from the e-commerce background and Anders from the tech background. And we all have experience uh, to various degrees in how difficult it can be to run a business uh, as an e-com either from servicing e-com or from being an e-com uh, yep. yourself.
0: Amazing. So we will also talk in, this, uh, in the course of the podcast about the state of the European SME banking market, as well as um, what led you, you already talked a little bit about it, but what led you to launch, uh, co-launch Juni and also how your business model then works in detail. Um, and you already mentioned um, that you have this payments background and obviously after coming from PLEO, you have, I would say um, or for the listeners that don't know PLEO, it's an, um, basically prepaid card offering for improved uh, expense management at SMEs. So is there, is there anything, because you have a somewhat likely customer group there with smaller businesses at least, um, anything that you basically took from Playo that you now apply at Juni?
1: Yes, I, I learned a lot from Playo. I learned how to build and scale products and teams, uh, what works really well, what ends up creating a lot of debt later uh, and needs more attention than you think. Uh, but most importantly, I learned to focus on company culture, How to, to how important that is to attract and hire a, a great team. Uh, so that's All something right. we've done from from day one at Juni. And then on the target group, uh, I learned just how different the SME segment is. Um, yep. You have so many different industries, and it's completely different ballpark than the retail. Typically, you'd have retail and and you know SMEs as two categories. Retail yep. is a much more uh, homogeneous category than the SME segment. Yep. Is. There is so agreed. much differences between the uh, different industries and so you really need to think about which industries do you want to focus on uh, when you're creating an, an SME product uh, and that's part of the, the key founding story of Juni uh, that we're mm-hmm. super focused on, on one particular industry in the SME space.
0: Okay, we will also also get back to that point uh, a little bit later. Um, my second question would be because you already mentioned culture is very important to you. Um, I was quite surprised when looking at your website that uh, the team is very, you know, dispersed across the globe, kind of. So it's a fully remote company. Um, what has been your experience in managing that uh, remote company? Any drawbacks or any major benefits that you find in this model?
1: Yeah, so Juni was founded in in the summer of of 2020 last year, so it should just uh, in in the lull of the COVID situation. So everything was locked down uh, pretty much. Uh, And so for us, it was um, a given that we would be remote first. And so we've been that from day one. And I think uh, reflecting on on how that journey has been from us, I think the hybrid model will will completely win over. I think you know any company that has zero tolerance for remote work um, in any shape or form will will, will not succeed in, in either attracting talent or be able to scale. Uh, and then when it comes to being fully remote and distributed as we are, I think there will always be. Know, different personas different teams who would like to uh, have that human interaction on a more or less frequent basis and so at Juni we started remote first we're now building different hubs uh, across uh, Europe we have a hub in Stockholm we have a hub in London uh, and basically wherever we end up hiring a lot of people we'll sort of create a little hub and then it's up to our employees if they want to go to the office uh, or not and I think it's important to have that uh, approach for two reasons. One is, you know, when you're remote, you can, um, get the best talent uh, globally. And the second one, uh, equally important is that you can also scale much faster. Like you're not restricted by office space to, yeah. to do a big, um, hiring. And it, it sounds, it almost sounds bizarre hearing myself say that, but, but in, in, in more traditional companies, you can of course not scale your team more than the physical limits of your office space. And we don't have that limit at all. Yeah, sounds amazing. So if we then jump right
0: into um, the target market and a little bit uh, from a macro perspective, because, uh, well, I mean, according to DealRoom, you uh, secured more than 20 million in funding. So I'm sure you had some, some amazing slide decks about uh, the target market and the addressable market size. And I would basically see this from two big, um, let's say, groups uh, or two big trends. And the first one is small business, which is obviously a huge growth market um, that almost doesn't merit discussion because um, 99% in almost every European country is made up of small businesses. Um, So it's it's, it's from a sheer number perspective, um, a very big target market, Um, I think over 35 million um, freelancers, micro SMEs and small SMEs in total. Uh, in Europe, according to Eurostat um, and small as me, meaning up to 50 employees. So that's still kind of a small company. Um, so, obviously, small businesses are huge in Europe, and then at the same time, looking at it from an e-commerce perspective, um, also largely as a result now um, due to the, the COVID crisis, um, there has been a huge boom in uh, retail e-commerce sales. Um, it jumped last year by 26.3%, uh, and now it's uh, standing at 400 over 480 billion euros. So obviously, an, again, a very huge trend. And I see, Juni, like, if you put these two circles together, you're perfectly in the middle serving serving these target groups. How, how do you look at the SME market? Um, uh, in general yeah so
1: for us the sme market uh, in europe and uk really represents uh, basically hopes and ambitions of entrepreneurs that's yep. where you, you start your company and whether they're selling clothing articles electronics or services whether they're reselling uh, other brands or building their own band our vision is to empower the segment um, so that they can capitalize on the flexibility they have by being small and we can be and still have that financial partner in journey that makes it yep. easy to scale um, the business. And our mission is to serve the e-commerce uh, entrepreneurs out there. As more okay. and more trade moves online, uh, there, I, our belief is there will be a way of new entrepreneurs who will create great yep. digital companies to serve the European market uh, and to serve the global market um, and they will leverage the, the crazy scalability of the digital stack stack. You have seen how new companies have been formed during the last year and a half who've really embraced remote first uh, working as a way of empowering their mission. A lot of yep. unicorn has been created in the last two years, riding on the whole trends of, of remote first and remote work. And we believe we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg in new companies being formed that can really leverage and use technology Uh, to create new products and services Um, and Mm. what we want to be is just enabling that for the e-commerce space okay Um, interesting so we really think the SME segment would be a much larger driver of economic growth going forward
0: yeah, I fully agree. Uh, also, again, as a, I think a result of the pandemic, as you mentioned, remote work and the general, the whole, you know, uh, digitalizing the SME workforce and also going into more e-commerce business models in, in B2B, that's, um, that's definitely a huge trend. Um, looking at um, the SME size of SME market, obviously, Italy stands at the most, uh, you know, Italy offers most uh, small businesses in Europe. Then comes France, Spain, Germany, UK. Um, however, looking at e-commerce um, sales, retail sales, obviously, UK is the big winner. It obviously is double the size of the, I think, two uh, of, of the second and the third place, so France and Germany. And you're offering your services right now um, across Europe, right? So except, I think, Germany because of some regulatory reasons and Malta. Yep. But um, what's your ambition there? Is it first to roll out across Europe or do you have some specific target markets like UK or um, you know Italy in, in mind?
1: Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good question, uh, Adrian. And so at the moment, uh, you know, as we're, you said, we're serving UK and Europe and our focus for this year is really much, um, the UK as it constitutes a large part uh, of a customer yeah. base and we're still building out our product teams and our engineering teams and so on. Um, and then like what you're touching on is, is really localization, uh, and the efforts. In localization, and I've seen you know that that story play out um, a few times uh, at Playo, and I think you know another way of looking at it is just you know localization is another word for what is your value proposition um, in a particular market, and our ambition is to create a superb product uh, when it comes to the service you need. So Juni. Gives yep. you both, you know, the, the the payment products. It has the credit products, but it also has the advisory parts to it that we all um, integrate vertically for yep. e-commerce. Uh, and what we've seen so far from our customers is that you know they have been really uh, receptive to to that product. Uh, we have a lot of um, really strong customer feedback. Yeah. Um, So our NPS is hovering steadily around 70 plus, which I I didn't think we would get there uh, that quickly. Uh, I I thought that would take longer uh, than it has done. And and so we are not as worried about the, the localization um, issue, as you've seen in others, because we have this deep focus on a particular industry and we are focusing mainly about creating global products mm-hmm. uh, for that industry.
0: Yeah, I fully understand that. When, when we basically launched Holvi in, in different European markets, um, as you mentioned, uh, SME is a fragmented market. And it's uh, it's if you don't have this um, vertical approach, if you're really trying to serve every SME, you're basically serving none because they yeah. will, will at some point have uh, have very, very distinct um, feature requests. And then it's very hard to decide who do you optimize for. And it will always be a pull and push between different kinds of target groups. So I think, um, yeah, that's that's obviously the benefit of having this very strong focus. Um, and now having mentioned Holvi, I mean, there are, let's say, a first wave of SME neobanks that have popped up over the last 10 years. Actually, I think every European country has some SME challenger neobank. Conto um, in France, um, we have uh, um, Contest and uh, Penta in Germany, obviously the, the UK with Tide, which is very strong there, Starling Bank, Revolut has launched a very strong business um, uh, offering. But at the same time, there's not, at least with the standalone SME banks, not one really big player in terms of customer numbers or revenue. Yeah. None. It seems like like contrary to the, as to the retail space where we have really big players, no one has really cracked it in, in SME finance. Um, what do you think uh, might be a reason for that?
1: <laughs> yeah, Adrian, and I, I think here I'm, I'm, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try not to, to, to sound like I'm repeating myself a lot, but I really think the core issue is that the SME space is so diverse yeah. and the retail space is much more uh, homogenous. And B2B yep. is a much thicker customer to serve, so you need to be very sharp in your valid proposition. You need to be very sharp in your messaging. You also need a different sales process than, than what you can do with retail. Retail is much more easy to scale, both the commercial side uh, and the product side. Um, so one of the ma- major reasons that you haven't seen any of the neobanks uh, do this well is because they've all been trying to cater for the whole SME markets. And if you try to do both e-commerce companies and nursery homes, you'll struggle to make a great product for either of them. Fully agree. Um, then if we, if we jump
0: to your like business model a little bit, because I tried to map it out how it works. Um, if you start at the top of the target groups, uh, the e-commerce sellers, which I found as one big group. And of course, there are different subgroups, obviously, like someone is a dropshipper, someone sells fashion, others sell electronics. Um, do you have a specific persona that you're now optimizing for? And I guess with 70 plus NPS, you're doing a really good job for a very specific set of users right now. Do you sub-segment or do you have like just a very broad view still on e-commerce sellers?
1: That's a very good question, Adrian. So we we, uh, we, we have a very good understanding of, of e-commerce as a category, and then we operate with different subgroups uh, in that category. And so far, uh, we haven't seen any differences in the core requirements between the categories, more in terms of what features to, to prioritize. Um, but all, all of them will be be applicable to, to the different categories, whether it's a dropshipper, whether it's a brand owner uh, or, or like a studio that spins out uh, DTC brands every three months. Um, What we're seeing are basically the same needs and a lot of the reason is that they're using very similar tech stack and then there's nuances to the cash flow that you see in, in those businesses.
0: Yeah. And um, then there's the card product. I will get back to that in a minute, but it gives uh, a certain percent of cash back uh, for, um, I think, online ads. Right. And um, so is that is that maybe a separate target group? Because I found that interesting. I'm sure there are more businesses. That's probably a, a target group that's even larger that are basically ac- um, acquiring like any business that acquires customers online would be a potential um, yep. target customer as well in that case. Right.
1: That, that, that is true, but we did create that uh, uh, to really uh, hone in our message for e-commerce. So we also yep. see a few other sort of industries coming into Juni, but we're not creating uh, the yep. product uh, for them. They're, we are happy to welcome them as customers, um, but we are yep. sort of focused on what brings value to, to e-commerce, yep. whether that is the cashback credits uh, on or payment rails
0: all right um and then another like h- hypothesis of mine after after Holvi was that um the standalone generic business banking proposition is that story is kind of over so you need to find new new ways to create value and that goes usually beyond banking and when i look at your website right now you have a beautiful illustration of your dashboard that you provide and i feel like this is one of the well, my hypothesis hypothesis that you go beyond banking so you have this this kind of system of intelligence as I call it where you basically yeah. plug in different different data sources and you have that with the banking the reporting bank account aggregation you have the card management and then uh, a dashboard which shows revenues and different kinds of metrics is that basically replay is that kind of the layer on top that I can use as a merchant to basically steal my business yes
1: so so part of uh, Juni's mission, Um, is to give you the tools and the insights, uh, and the time that you need to run your business. And on the time we want to automate the various admin tasks that you need to perform when your company starts to grow. And all of these entrepreneurs are really focused on the product and the customers, but then they find, you know, themselves spending a lot of time on, on different admin tasks related to bookkeeping and so on. So we'll automate that part away. The second pillar is the insights. So yep. when we spoke to a lot of our customers, we saw that they were logging into six, seven, eight different application every day to get balances and transactions from those different applications, whether it was Stripe and then Shopify payments, checkout.com, then two or three banks and so on and so forth. Uh, and instead, they can now just use juni uh, and we integrate with all of those applications and they can get all the transaction balances. So if you want to understand, you know, what's your liquidity at any point in time, you can get that on the Juni dashboard. And that's going to, of course, evolve over time. So you can see your PL and you can try to understand more and more of your business um, as you grow. And the last time and last sort of pillar in this is the, the tooling we'll give you. So we'll give you the cards, the accounts, the currencies and the credit. Uh, that you need in order to cut down your, your base receivables as much as possible, but also if you want to create a very sort of clean data structure, you can basically create cards and tag them and you can tag your, 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 your gateways and, and your storefronts. Um, and then that will be visible, uh, in the insights part of Juni. So those two things play really well together. Uh, and it all plays really nice together with the automation piece as well.
0: I can imagine because that's basically really something new like a product that hasn't really existed before if you now log into your bank account it's like a dumb product it doesn't really tell you anything you see a list of transactions and you can make a payment basically and as you mentioned there are more as as an e-commerce seller i have more tools i have my shopify account i need a merchant account i need my accounting tool and so on so so there is not one interface that bundles this together right and that's for me like calling Juni just a fintech would not really do it justice because it's not like the first wave of fintechs that have only focused on the cars and the account maybe. It's, it's more moving basically yeah. into a SaaS tool, right? Which has some elements of banking, but also some elements that go beyond it. I, I would say,
1: Adrian, that it basically, what we try to do combines, you know, the first almost wave of banking, which yeah. is, you know, your personal banker that knows your company, uh, knows the industry. So it will be a phone number or maybe just an address. And you can go in and talk to this guy and he could tell you about, you know, how your business is performing, what is happening in the market and so on and so forth, and give you that insight yeah. uh, that you would get. And that has sort of disappeared over the years. Um, and what we try to do is combine that idea of, of giving you really, uh, you know, deep insights and also uh, advice. With a great digital product that you can run your platform on and basically, you know, Junie is that central place where you go to to either run your financials or, you know, get insights into into your business and even advice on, you know, uh, should you take debt or equity uh, at any point in time.
0: Interesting. Are there are there any companies that you took as an inspiration for building this product?
1: So, I mean, I think, you know, we, uh, like like uh, any great artists, uh, try to steal uh, uh, from, from different places. Uh, but what yeah. we basically tried to solve for was that there is no, you know, really place that you go to as an e-commerce uh, owner that you trust uh, to help yep. you on either, you know, rates. Should I raise equity? Should I raise debts? Who can I speak to? How is my business performing? And what we tried to do was just create this financial companion that that you know one thing is we're building a great product, but a more important thing is that we're, we're creating a place where you can sort of feel at home and feel that you're in a yeah. you're in a in an environment that really understands you, and you can yeah. you can ask all of the questions you want to, uh, and uh, and we'll be there to help you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I'm just asking because it's basically like the system of intelligence that lives on top of, you know, you still have Shopify, you might still need, need an accounting system and so on, but Juni obviously is like like the central layer on top of that that connects to everything and and gives you the personal advice you need to, to grow your business and so on. Um, and then talking about like the banking stack that you have integrated, you now have the platinum business cards from, from uh, Visa. Yeah. 1% cash back, um, then you can also create virtual cards, uh, probably within the, 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 you know, your account. Yes. Um, so you, you're using Visa and then Payernet for the issuing, right? Um, yeah. As an infrastructure partner. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the e-wallet accounts, uh, where you have uh, different currencies from Euro, British pounds, uh, US dollar, yeah. and there you're working with Rail Bank, if I'm not mistaken?
1: That's, that's correct. So we started with, with railsbank Bank and Payernet, which is essentially the same company, um, yep. back in March, uh, as a best solution. And we are now in the process of getting our own licenses across Europe and UK. And, uh, and we will also mature, uh, on our infrastructure side and, and so, right. so that we will be more in charge. The core part of Juni is the payment products that we provide, which will yep. empower both the analytics and the credit functions, um, that we're building out.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if you if you if you want to share this uh, but what kind of uh, licensing are you thinking about I think that's always very interesting if someone wants to go yeah. for e- e-money license or
1: yeah you know as, as the first stage in in, in our uh, company journey we will we will go for an e-money license
0: yeah all right um, I think that's an interesting point because, I mean, ultimately offering own accounts and, um, you know, payment functionality, obviously, is, is an important feature to have. But sometimes the really running and operating that infrastructure might not always make sense if your focus is basically somewhere else. So I think um, like yeah, e-money licenses are basically a perfect entry, entry door into that whole world. And then because what you also have are the third party accounts from um, other banks, commerce tools. And um, I think that's also where the value is because a merchant might have different types of relationships with different banks. But might need one party that basically bundles all of this together. Yeah. Um, so so there you're using, uh, I think, Salt Edge and Plate for the psd two, uh, um, you know, um, yeah, that's analytics. Correct. Yeah. Um, all right. So so and of course that fits very well to the story you just told that you will be like the the player that helps um, the merchant to really understand where the business is going. And obviously this gives you a nice amount of data also to work with if you can also yeah. plug into all of these uh, data sources. Um, which brings me to my point, which is. The data, which is uh, obviously a a huge asset to have um, about every single customer that allows you to tailor the product. But also um, there's a huge trend in using e-commerce data for underwriting. um, And you have this um, short section on your landing page about the growth loans or working capital loans. That's obviously something you need to do then with with a banking partner probably. can you already say something about this product? Is that this, because yeah. in e-commerce, e-commerce, e-commerce loans is like a huge segment, right? There are different types yes. of loans you can use. Is that something?
1: Yeah. 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 Ab- absolutely. So um, our, our core customer group, um, of course, have different credit needs. Yeah. Um, some of them are longer-term loans. Some of them are shorter-term. Some of them are for maybe you know covering Chinese New Year some of them might be you know to boost ads uh, just on you know black Black Friday yeah. uh, and so the first one we're trying to to uh, to, to launch which is launching next month um, will be basically a, a revolving credit facility uh, on the yeah. junior accounts and so you can stand up cards against the account and then you can use that credit line to to boost your ad spend or. Or, or your fast spend or whatever you want to, to, to use that for, uh, but that'll be, I think the first out of, of, of uh, probably many credit products in our journey. Um, and the core piece that we're solving with that is basically how can we give our customers the tools that they need in order to grow their business quicker, grow their business better uh not be stuck uh around february with no inventory due to chinese new year or running out of of money for ad spends on on black friday even though they're seeing like 15x roi on that on that spend right so we connect to all of the data sources and over time our vision is to basically be able to give you that financial leverage that you need to 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 grow your business and win
0: Okay that sounds amazing because obviously you have the data to make that fast decisioning on, on your customer, whereas you I mean in the past it was like you need to kind of get your banking statements and send it to a bank so you get an answer
1: in like a month right So in the yeah. worst case
0: yeah. um, and, and
1: not only do we have the data to make it uh, a fast decisioning, but we also have the uh, infrastructure to make it uh, fast uh, or readily available. so we can yep. instantly uh, make a credit decision and instantly make that credit available to you.
0: Yeah, and obviously, as soon as the merchant has the money in, uh, available, um, you can use the, the cards uh, to basically disperse these funds efficiently or to yeah. create virtual cards for for different types of uh, spending, right? Um, then my last question um, would be like, what's your long-term vision for the product? You mentioned already like pan-European rollouts, um, but also I can imagine um, because 70 plus NPS is really a good number. And usually as yeah. fintechs grow, they, they they need to make some decisions around who do you optimize for and obviously building out the product. and I'm assuming the, usually it was like the more you tailor the product, the less interesting or the harder it becomes to convince other target groups to also try it out. So at some point you, you hit probably, a, 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 you know, some, some roadblocks, but what would be like your long term vision for the company and the product? The long
1: term vision for June is to enable a new generation of digital entrepreneurs. Uh, we truly believe there'll be a revolution in the way businesses are created, operated and managed, uh, and we want to empower that new way of doing businesses. Yep. and on, on the shorter horizons, our focus is really on creating a great product for Europe and UK. And over the coming years, we will probably enter another overseas market. Yep. And and what we do uh, and the segment we serve is is amazingly scalable globally. We we see the exact same needs uh, and yep. issues from e-commerce companies, whether they're based in in Dusseldorf or in Brisbane. Or in Chicago, uh, it's it's the exact same story. We hear over and over again on on the trusts uh, and the advice, the insights, and the tools that they need, and we can basically be that vertically integrated player that makes that that dream happen.
0: Amazing. That sounds great. So I will, uh, yeah, will be will be interesting to see and to follow the journey of Juni um, and all the best, obviously, for the future. It was a very interesting podcast, a lot of insights um, and also of the benefits of um, riding big waves like SMEs and uh, e-commerce, right? So it's a little bit similar to Stripe, like increasing the GDP of the Internet. That's something you can always bet on that will always grow. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's an amazing um, you know journey to see. So thanks a lot for having joined us um, and see you soon.
1: Thank you very much, Adrian. It's a pleasure to be here.